MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Writer, podcaster, researcher, and the uh, creative force and co-founder of The Debrief, a new site that explores the latest in science and disruptive technology and UAPs. Micah Hanks is uh, with us. And Micah, just sticking with uh, AI for a moment, because um, talk about chilling. The, um, these uh, Bing search engines uh, that are uh, AI-driven, these Bing chatbots, uh, we're hearing stories of, well, they seem to be developing self-awareness or consciousness. There was a New York Times technology columnist who reported a couple of weeks ago being deeply unsettled after a chatbot that's part of Microsoft's upgraded Bing search engine repeatedly urged him in a conversation to leave his wife. It's as if this chatbot had fallen in love with him. And there was another instance, the, the Bing chatbot reportedly threatened to steal nuclear codes and unleash a virus. Uh, I mean, this to me sounds like the beginning of the, the AI singularity. What do you think? Well, lots to unpack there. And of course, we have, of course, primarily science fiction to inform us when it comes to these kinds of questions. By that, I mean this. Yeah, a lot of us have gone out there and we've experimented with chat GPT. I have too, and I'll give you a quick report on that here in a moment. But when we think about what could happen, right, the kinds of things that might occur on down the road in the years ahead, most of us, of course, have seen films. And this is one of the problems as we move into a future where technology is beginning to mirror the kinds of things that for decades we've all been familiar with from science fiction. Yeah, we expect to see the kinds of things that we've only had experience with on the silver screen. And so that can be problematic because I think it instills a lot of fear. Now, on the more hopeful side of things, uh, I saw a recent demonstration of chat gpt actually it was my brother uh, over the holidays a few months back who was showing me this it had just come out and he was you know caleb my brother was really excited and said look at all the stuff that chat gpt can do uh it could write songs i mean on the fly it could pull up information historical information by the way 
about, for instance, UFO incidents. And so I thought, well, this could be interesting. This could perhaps be a research tool. What else could it do apart from maybe helping college students cheat on their homework? So mm-hmm. after going home and uh, experimenting a little bit myself, you know, I was, and I don't want to say I was entirely underwhelmed. I recognized the potential. I recognized the capabilities. Uh, but I also started asking some questions of not just that particular program, but actually a lot of the different AI programs. I thought I'm going to kind of compare and contrast between a few of them. And I started asking questions like, tell me about Area 51. Uh, Tell me about, you know, all kinds of different things related to topics that I guess Coast to Coast listeners would be very familiar with. And what I found, Richard, initially was that, first of all, there was a lot of uh, non-factual information. I mean, incorrect, frankly, just completely fabricated information that these chatbots will give you back. And there are articles you'll read online that have talked about this. We've covered it a bit over there at the debrief as well, that... A lot of the time, these AI are designed to provide seemingly authoritative information, even if it's wrong. And so we aren't to a point yet where really, first of all, these computers can be trusted to give us valid information. So for those who are saying that they've had experiences with these chatbots advising that they leave their spouse or partner or things like that, I'm not too worried yet, given the uh, level of accuracy that they seem to display. But... Going forward, I mean, should we be concerned if these chatbots in these early iterations are already making references to things like stealing nuclear codes and doing things that could be potentially not just destructive, but also could be globally cataclysmic if taken to the absolute worst extreme? I mean, that's not exactly settling. And again, unfortunately, we're informed mostly by what we've seen in movies, so I hope that the real-life counterparts in the years ahead are something that are quite different from what we see in films. And it's all the more reason why right now, and again, of course, leading AI ethicists, they're saying we've got to make very careful, uh, informed, and ethical decisions as we design these sorts of machines that are more and increasingly more so with time capable of thinking very much like humans do. But does it not sound as if they they are developing self-awareness or consciousness? And if if they are... It's almost as if they they constitute a new a new species. That's an interesting one. What do we call that? Homo mechanicus? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> this, this is an interesting idea. And again, I've talked with a lot of people about this. You know, one AI expert, Benjamin Gertzel, PhD. Uh, I spoke with him a couple of times many many years ago. Uh, a question I had for him, Richard, was: What if there were? a sort of consciousness that emerged, and it was not necessarily in a place that we expected. For instance, we look at these chatbots and we look at AI systems that are developed with the intention of trying to create a computer algorithm that can right now not actually think. Right now, the best that they can do is they can mimic human behaviors, but it's still mimicry. It's not actual intelligent thought like what occurs in our biological brains, right? But I asked Dr. Gertzel, what if, for instance, we had a, for instance, just, I mean, Google, right, a search engine. What if we had something that's out there that is a tool that everybody uses every day, but which is constantly being fed information, and it's also something that, by virtue of the way that the World Wide Web works, it has access, essentially, to all information that humans have placed on the Internet. What if autonomous AI actually erupted out of something like the Internet itself and that search engines 
essentially enabled that. Again, this is an idea, once again, that we find in science fiction. Robert Heinlein and the book The, uh, the Moon is a Harsh Mistress, we had a computer system on the moon that was fed constant information to the point that all of a sudden it just kind of click, wakes up. And I asked Dr. Gertzel, and he said, I mean, maybe it's not impossible. Some would argue already that the World Wide Web displays aspects of what some would liken to intelligence or consciousness. Maybe we're not quite to the point yet where it is the mother brain, so to speak. But again, maybe that option isn't off or shouldn't be off the table yet. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Well, um, I have a, um, a nephew who reviews books for a, a literary uh, publication up here in Canada. And uh, I can't remember the name of the author, but wrote, recently wrote a book talking about the emergence of artificial intelligence and robots with self-awareness uh, and how we now have to start thinking about at some point in the future, almost a, a charter of rights for, well, what did you call them? Uh, homus mechanicus or something? Uh, because if they evolve to that level, and there I am using a, the, the word evolve, <laughs> but uh, if they do develop consciousness and self-awareness, um, then we may have to start thinking about along those lines, as strange as that may sound, a charter of rights for robots. Well, it may sound strange right now, but you know, I'm reminded of a TEDx talk that was given by the legendary computer scientist, and actually a guy who we have in part to thank for the development of the World Wide Web, and that's none other than Dr. Jacques Vallée. Again, you and I know him best for his you know, legendary involvement in uh, research into the UAP topic, but he also was uh, one of the innovators behind ARPANET, which was an early predecessor to the Internet. Uh, but when he was talking about that, uh, back in, I think it was about 2013, he gave this TED Talk. Uh, Dr. Vallée, who I've, thanks to our, my colleague at the debrief, Chrissy Newton, I've you know, had the opportunity to get to know and, and speak with Dr. Vallée a bit over the last year. And uh, that was one thing I mentioned to him. I said, in 2013, you were talking about impossible futures and things that have happened that at one time in human history would have seemed impossible but that with new technologies become a part of our reality. AI and things like this are, of course, the first that come to mind. But it, during that talk, Dr. Vallée said, uh, and, and this is very, it seems prescient, but it makes a lot of sense now that we know a degree about his involvement in the construction of, of a particular database that was uh, associated with the uh, Advanced Aerospace Weapons Systems Application Program, which was a DIA program that looked at UFOs. Uh, and uh, the Capella database, which was a UFO database he built. Uh, but during that talk, he mentioned uh, that in the years ahead, uh, people, will they be surprised if they find that fast-moving oval objects have been moving through our sky and that the Pentagon had been collecting information about them? Uh, this is a good example, I think, of the kind of thing that might seem absurd to people if we go back to the early 2000s or the late 1990s, uh, but which today everybody's very familiar with, and we hear about all the time how the military's tracking unusual objects. What are they? Are they ours? Are they a foreign adversaries, or could they be something more exotic? Back to your point there, uh, it might sound absurd to say we need a Bill of Rights for artificial intelligence today, but again, 10 years from now, is that going to be the case? History continues to show us, Richard, that things that seemed impossible today in the world of tomorrow become a reality. We should be aware of that. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm just getting, as I get older, uh, you know, I, I understand change. The only constant is change, and I try to embrace change. But that kind of change, the 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 speed of the technological change that's coming, I don't know that I'm equipped to handle that. I don't know that I want to live long enough to, to, to uh, in a world that's run and managed largely by autonomous robots and artificial intelligence that has consciousness. I don't think I want to be around for that. It just depends on which direction things go, right? Uh, if, if we have autonomous systems that are thinking, caring machines, or that at very least 
that are capable of mimicking that kind of thinking and caring behavior, and they maybe even are uh, more caring in some ways than humans are, right? We finally have a an AI supercomputer that is capable of, of you know, a very good mimicking of or a replication of human thought processes. Uh, but you take out the kinds of uh, evolutionary drives, you know, sex, hunger, things like this, and this machine looks at humans and says, what are you guys doing? What are you up to? Uh, you know, love is the answer. Uh, camaraderie, companionship, these are the things you guys should be focusing on, not war, not the destructive kinds of potential that humans have led with for centuries. Uh, one would hope that that would be the outcome. You know, here's one thing that in the near term I think that could be helpful about AI, for instance, and I think about this a lot. Uh, could AI, as it improves, help us unravel the mystery of UFOs? I mean, I imagine, again, and this might seem almost more like something you expect in sci-fi, but an AI algorithm that we finally give the UFO project or, or problem to, and we say, solve this for us. We've been working on this for decades. What are these things? Where are they from? Are we being visited? Are these something from here? Are they something even more complex than that? And the AI looks at it and says, one of two things. How have you guys not figured this out yet? The answer is simple. Or the AI looks at it and says, now this is an interesting problem. I often wonder how AI might be able to help us, but in the more near term, we're already using algorithms to more intelligently collect and also process data on unidentified objects. Again, I presume that this is probably also part of what the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office at the DOD is doing. Uh, and that could be hopeful because in the near term it may actually help reveal some things about questions that have really uh, proven to be almost unplumbable when it comes to the limitations of humans. Well, think about this. Maybe we'll send these robots, uh, fully autonomous robots with artificial intelligence, that have a degree maybe of self-awareness, we'll send them out into the cosmos looking for life on other planets. Uh, and maybe that's what the gray aliens are. Maybe some other, because they've been described as being somewhat ro robotic, maybe some other civilization millions of years ago sent the gray aliens out into the cosmos looking for intelligence. Look, I wouldn't rule anything out uh, to uh, paraphrase what uh, General Van Herc said uh, during the big game the other night when they held that Pentagon press conference and uh, New York Times Pentagon correspondent Helene Cooper asked about the possibility of extraterrestrials. The general said, I'm not ruling anything out. So when it comes to uh, what kind of intelligence might be behind some of these UAP I'm certainly open to those possibilities. Uh, again, as a student of the history, I've looked back at um, famous cases, many of which do involve sightings of the purported occupants, and I feel that uh, as much as the UFO subject has been stigmatized in, in years past, uh, right now it seems that people have an aversion to talking about the historic cases that do involve uh, the apparent occupants or the controllers, those who are the operators of these anomalous aerial vehicles. That's something that eventually we are going to have to talk about as well as their potential intentions. But coming back to the AI question, um, I wrote about this a number of years ago, and in recent days, of course, I've uh, you know been uh, somewhat pleased to see that uh, thinkers like Avi Loeb, a former Harvard astronomer, and someone uh, with the Galileo Project who's very involved in trying to get to the bottom of the UAP question, he and many others have raised questions about, hey, look, if we're 
developing AI here on Earth. And we will use that, and we will probably eventually send that AI out there to aid in our space exploration. Why in the world would another intelligent civilization, with the likelihood that they too will develop AI of their own, why wouldn't they send that AI? And some even think it's more possible that the UAP that we see, if they were from any place else other than Earth, that they would be more likely to be artificial intelligence than biological entities traveling here. Now, again, we can't rule anything out, but that is a prospect that we're hearing more and more and a whole lot of discussion about it as this UAP situation continues to evolve. Right. That was sort of, I think, Nigel Kerner's, uh, the late Nigel Kerner's view of, of the Greys, that they were synthetic biological units. That would certainly explain how if if the if they are uh, artificial intelligence or robots essentially how they could withstand the incredible g-force uh, with these these crafts that are doing you know these maneuvers that are just otherworldly absolutely richard you know i remember years ago uh, watching the transformer films right and thinking to myself i mean just having this aha moment uh, if indeed and artificial intelligence were the ones traveling you know, throughout space, traversing the cosmos and interstellar space, they probably wouldn't be uh, as encumbered by the limitations of space travel, uh, the effects it has on human bodies or any kind of biological organisms, you know, the atrophy of muscle, uh, age, of course, being an issue. Indeed, if you had intelligent machines that could traverse the cosmos, they could probably get around and they could last longer and they could probably do things in spacecraft or aircraft that humans or other biolo uh, biological organisms couldn't do. So again, I, I remember watching those Transformer films as entertainment, but of course thinking, huh, you know, maybe there could be some truth to that. And, and indeed, there are a lot of conjectures that have been put forward. Again, this kind of gets into the area where it's the more speculative side of UFOs, but I find that fun, and I also think that sometimes informed speculation can be helpful. I mean, it very well may be more likely that what we are looking at are drones or autonomous AI probes that are carrying out uh, tasks here on Earth. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. 
I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.